0: Dominion is the reason for man on earth Catch insights from Pastor William Beckson On today's Ruler's World broadcast And be activated to rule and subdue the earth Father we thank you this morning Your glory is in us And with us we're confident this morning that you will speak to us. That you will give us revelation. That you will give us understanding. I pray that everybody in this service and anyone who will come across this conversation will be helped. Their understanding will be deepened. Their convictions will be deepened, even in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. All right. Our expressions, thank you. Thank you for helping us this morning. The Lord bless you. Um, welcome. Welcome to the Ruler service. Amen. amen. All right. So, um, we have we have some work to do uh this morning we're having a conversation and um i'm trusting that we can really have a conversation a conversation a conversation amen all right um what god has um inspired us to focus on this year is um, for us to influence culture with kingdom leadership, God wants us to influence culture with kingdom leadership. And um I think we we defined what culture is. Um, I don't know whether you you still have it. Can somebody read it out to me? What is culture? One of the definitions. I think the, the the longer one. Anybody can help us. Anybody to the rescue? If you have it, you can raise your hand. I'm sure we can arm you with the mic. Okay. Samuel has it. So, um, please help us. Fantastic. Culture: the norms, values beliefs and practices that shape the behavior or perceptions of individuals who belong to it or interact with it. Okay, so please um, let's take it one by one. Culture is the norms, The the values, the beliefs, the beliefs, and the practices. And the practices. So the norms, and we mentioned that a norm is what is normal to you. What is usual for you. What is regular for you. Um, a norm is the, the, the minimum standard you hold yourself to. That's your norm. What it means is that ideally you won't go below your norm. So that norm because it's something that has the power of regulating the choices you make and the actions you take. It shapes your culture. Not only are your norms vital ingredients of your culture, um, the definition is your values, what is important to you, also shapes your culture. So if you're not clear in your mind what is important to you, um, that also will affect your culture. If you know what is important to you, it will also affect your culture. So your norms, your values, what is important to you, what you value. So assuming we don't know what you value, and we have enough time and we observe you, we will be able to trace what you value. Do you see it? If we don't know what is important to you and we observe you over a period of time, we will know what is important to you by the choices you are making, by the decisions you are making, by the way you are spending your life. We will know that, ah, this thing is important to this person. So, If you don't change your culture, your culture has changed you. Interestingly, it's only human beings who are able to alter their culture. It's only human beings. A dog is 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 a dog. A cat is 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 a cat. An elephant is an elephant is an elephant is an elephant is an elephant. Human beings have the capacity to change your culture. So even though culture is so powerful that it changes you, you also have, as a man or a woman made in the image and likeness of God, you also have the capacity to change your culture. So, your norms, your values, your beliefs. Your your beliefs are your convictions. Your true north is your belief. The real assurances that undergird your life is your belief. Your belief is what you rely on. So, Even in that too, if we don't know what you believe and we have the opportunity to observe you under different circumstances, that too, based on the choices and the decisions you are making, we will know what you truly believe. So it goes beyond what I'm saying. How I'm living reveals what I truly believe than just what I'm saying. Even though what you're saying is critical in shaping your belief. Amen. Yeah and then we also said culture per that definition includes the practices the practices the practices <laughs> and that's 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 a very powerful element in defining culture it is because of the practices the practices shape us you see the practices the things you give yourself to Over time. The things we give ourselves to. Over time. It crystallizes. It shapes us. It forms us. It will squeeze you into a certain shape. The practices. So if somebody gives himself to a certain practice. Over a period of time. He becomes a certain kind of person. Because of the practices. He gives himself to. I'm sure you have heard. Practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. Um, but somebody reviewed that and said, it's not just practice that makes perfect, it's perfect practice that makes perfect. Because if you are practicing something the wrong way, just because you've done it for 20 years will not make you an expert in it. So how you practice is as important as what you practice. You see. Assuming you are learning how to play um, tennis and they are teaching you how to serve and you are serving the wrong way. If you do that for 20 years, you won't be a master server. Just because I've been practicing every day, just because you see me there every day, just because I come every day does not mean... Unless, whilst you're doing that, because you are there, you are getting feedback and then you are making the adjustment, making the adjustment, that's when maybe on that low level we can say practice makes perfect. If you are reviewing it and making the necessary adjustments. The conversation we are having this morning is, is, is a critical one. So, the, the norms, the, the values, the beliefs, the practices that shape the behavior of a people that's culture now the truth is this there is no cultureless existence you can't find a human being living anywhere who doesn't have a culture because by the shared definition of culture culture is your expression When you are living, whatever we call living is your culture. So you cannot find a human being who doesn't have a culture. The way you live your life is your personal culture. The way you think is your personal culture. The way you believe is your personal culture. So, we cannot separate existence from culture. Culture is like thinking. You can't stop it until you die. Stop thinking. You can't. It's running. So, I can't say, stop culture. No. Unless I die, every day as I'm living, culture is happening. The very expression of my life is a statement of my personal culture. The way I live is a revelation of my personal culture. And if we are saying there is no cultureless existence, then if we, if we consult Genesis 1 26, 27, 28 again, we will see the culture of the first man God made. God literally gave him a manual for his culture. When he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. What is God doing? He's giving him a culture. This is how I want you to live. I want you to be productive. So when you meet the man that God made before the fall, productivity was His culture. Like that's how he lived. Being productive was his culture. Replenishing the earth was a matter of culture for the first man. Subduing it was an issue of culture. Having dominion, leading, governing, mastering the physical space was an issue of culture. So, for a minute, let's imagine man did not disobey God. And we have at least one million people living on the earth. You know, we're just imagining. Man did not disobey God. A first man and Eve, they gave birth, they gave birth, they gave birth. And they, they will give birth into the culture that God gave them, isn't it? So, if there were one million people on the earth those one million people will have a culture of productivity as a default. Like, this is how God wants us to live on the earth. Be fruitful, be productive as a culture. (laughs) When it becomes a culture, it is more than a prayer point. You see, if Maybe something happens right now and I need to just go and pray and then come and resolve it. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm in a process. But you see, when when it becomes a culture, when it becomes a culture, it means you can deliver as as a matter of existence. You you you, you won't need any special time out. The way you live is productive, productive living as a culture is not something you need time out to go and... Okay, let me give you an example. An example. Daniel was called that Nebuchadnezzar had had a dream and everybody was going to die. Magicians, wise men, Chaldeans, sorcerers, astrologers, they are all going to die because they cannot interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Now, the problem is that not only Are they not able to interpret it? The man has forgotten the dream he dreamt. So, whoever will be able to recall the dream and interpret it will save the day. So, Daniel is called because they were going to kill them. And he sees that the the, the alacrity with which this man is holding the sword. He said, What's the problem? He says, Hey, are you not in this kingdom? (laughs) There's a challenge. The king has dreamt. The dream has terrified him, but he has forgotten it. And so he wants somebody who has the capacity to recall the dream and give him the interpretation. Then Daniel says, um, let me speak to the king. They bring him to the king. He says, okay, king, please give us some time and I will come back to you. Then he goes to pray with his friends. Then the Bible says, then was the secret. Revealed to Daniel in a night vision, so he comes back to the king, live forever, king. Uh, there is a God in heaven who knows all things. He has revealed this. He's done. It. Wow, you're an amazing guy. One day, the king's son or grandson got excited, and in their parting, they took some of the vessels, the cups they got from the temple when they read it. Jerusalem. And in his excitement, you have to be careful when you are excited. Many times after a big victory, you have to be sober. But what do we do? The culture is that after a victory, is party that will make you get drunk to stupor. And then you make a silly decision that reverses everything you celebrated. The king is drinking from the cup. And a hand appears and writes on the wall. And they call Daniel again. Because he's troubled. So oh, don't worry. There is a man in your father's kingdom. It's Daniel. Fetch him. He will help. When Daniel came, he didn't ask for time. He saw the writing. He interpreted it as culture. Please, please listen to what I'm saying this morning. That... God wants, like Jesus. Jesus will be eating. I'll come back to Daniel. Jesus is eating. They will call him and say somebody is dying. I say ah. Mo wa request say ya mo umba anopa ya ya bompa yewe ya vivia fresh ye tedi ane hose obi obi wunti minja edi ane na na me yade. But no. Jesus practiced the presence as a culture, so that no matter where he is. No matter what the focus is at that time, Jesus is able to deliver solution, deliver answer on a level that astounded everybody in society. And and that's where we are going actually. That God wants you to be a power alternative. God wants you to be a wisdom alternative. God wants you to, oh my God. That's how we can influence culture. You must be an alternative alternative. Ah, Hallelujah. So Daniel just interprets the writing on the wall without asking for time out. Because in the description of Daniel's capacity, whoever was recommending Daniel said, this guy, light and understanding is with him. He was speaking about Daniel and he said, Daniel had the capacity to dissolve hard sentences. He had the capacity to resolve riddles. This was the, the CV they were giving, like, there is a job and they said, okay, have you considered yourself and Daniel? Who is Daniel? Ah, this guy has light. Please, 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 please. He has light. So he is not calling for light. Oh. Like if you wake him up anytime, if you see him anywhere, he has light. It's like you are a man. We wake you up, you are a man. If you are hungry, you are a man. If you are annoyed, you are a man. Like you are a woman. It's, it's part of your norms now. Part of your values now. Part of your beliefs. And part of your practices. There is no cultureless existence. So the first culture we mentioned we want to influence, change, or confront was our personal culture. Now there's a certain level of brutal honesty you require to make the adjustment that will take you to the next phase of your life. All of us are fans of ourselves. All of us likes ourselves. If you don't like yourself, that's something we can talk about. But usually, we are all biased towards ourselves. You like yourself. So, many times, it's difficult to tell yourself the truth. Yeah. You are not doing well, but you say, oh, but it's not bad. But it's okay. But it's okay. At least I'm alive. People are dead. You see? You are your biggest fan. So, if, if you don't look into the word of God and make up your mind that whatever you see in the word is what is going to regulate your life, people will be coming and going like this. Nothing will shift in our lives. And that's the conversation I want us to have this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we mentioned that our personal culture is the first thing we are looking at. And for some time now, in this first month, we have not spared ourselves. We're trying to explore because until that brick is laid, whatever you are building will not stand. You see, Until, until we place those building blocks in place concerning our personal culture, Whatever progress we are making is just a matter of time. We won't have the, the, the foundation to carry the weight of the glory that God wants to reveal in our lives. And one of the biggest things we're talking about, because we're dealing with culture, and we are saying there is no cultureless existence, and so seeking to influence culture, is, 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 is a major work. It's a major work, seeking to influence culture. What it means is that every of the things we mentioned in the definitions, every one of us must personally double-click each and every one of them. So if we say culture is their norms, you double-click it. My norms, what are my norms? What is normal for me? What is normal for me? When God made man, his original plan was that man will be productive as a culture, as a norm. So that anything that doesn't look like productivity, man will not subscribe to it, man will not want it, man will never use his or her life to express anything that is contrary to productivity. And we are talking productivity 360. Productivity 360. In every area of my life, I have to be productive. We said in this this space, in this room, that the true cure for poverty is productivity. If you can get people to become productive, poverty will no longer be a prayer topic. But to be productive, the way I'm thinking must change. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, the Bible says, Jesus began from that time. He began to preach and to say. He started. That means the beginning and all. That's what he was saying. That's what he was saying. He began to preach and to say. He didn't finish it. That's his entire thing he said. Matthew 4:17. He began from that time. He began from that time. Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, change your thinking. Change the way you think. Change the way you view things because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now here we are seeking to influence culture with kingdom leadership. (laughs) Uh, We can't do that without commensurate changes and shifts in our thinking. We say this all the time. It doesn't mean that it has happened to us. So you should not get tired of hearing this gospel of the kingdom that demands... A change in thinking. You cannot successfully walk with God if the way you are thinking is not changing. It's, you are just doing religion. For you to be able to walk with God effectively and live on the earth effectively, one of your greatest assets will be The change in the way you are thinking. How difficult is that? If you are targeting a change in your thinking, what you are invariably doing is that you are seeking to influence a certain culture. You see, your thinking is your invisible culture. Then your behavior is your visible culture. So if you say you are changing the way you are thinking, what you are saying is that you want to change a certain mental character that has formed. A mental character that has formed. And Jesus is making a demand. You want to deal with the kingdom of God? Repent. You want to deal with God, engage God, walk with God. You want God to... to to be factored into your life, your day-to-day life, repent. Many emphasize the emotion of repentance and not the change in logic and reasoning that repentance demands. Because remorse is not repentance. Feeling sorry doesn't mean you have repented. If I put my hand in fire and it burns me and I feel sorry that I did that, it does not mean that I won't put my hand in it again. Remorse is not repentance. So many times we are, we are deceived by the flow of emotions and we think that constitutes repentance. When Jesus says repent because the kingdom of God is at hand, He's not just saying feel sorry. That's not enough. Because you can even feel sorry and yet the way you are thinking has not changed. What we are after is a change in the way you think that has its consequent effect on the choices you make on a daily basis, the decisions you are making on a daily basis and it is that... That we can see and say, okay, okay, this man is shaping, influencing his personal culture. Why? Because the way he's thinking has so changed that, look, he's making different choices now. He's making different decisions now. Now, if we dig behind the choices, we dig behind the decisions he's making, we will see that, ah, the way his thinking has even changed. Okay, but how come his thinking has changed? we will see that there is a new material that is influencing his thinking. That material is called the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God, I told you, is not the same as intelligence. Because you can be intelligent and be wicked. You can be intelligent and be hateful. You can be intelligent and be deceptive. You can be intelligent and be cruel. You can be intelligent and be heartless. You can be intelligent and be a thief. You can be intelligent. And be an arm robber. It's not the same as wisdom. So the, the change in your thinking. We are talking about. Must be sponsored by the wisdom of God. That's why. That book in your hand called the Bible. Is one of your greatest assets. If not the greatest asset you have. If we ask you. List your asset. Very few of you will put Bible in your balance sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Very few people will put Bible as an asset on their balance sheet. I have a car. I have a house. I own this business. I have a wife. I have children. They are all sitting on your balance sheet. And that's, that, that's how you feel you are, you are important. You've arrived. You've made it. Because look at the things my life has produced. And what are the things? These physical things. I don't know whether you have ever heard that somebody's business has collapsed before. Have you ever heard something like that before? Have you ever heard that somebody got into a certain challenge? They even sold his house. But have you ever heard that somebody has been fired from their job before? That the income he was earning, and because of that, his hand couldn't hang by him. It must be in the pocket. Some somehow, they've severed it. What will happen to your balance sheet if you lose your house, and lose your car, and lose your job, and lose, like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you without your house? Who are you without your car? Who are you without your, your, your business? Who are you? So you see, your real asset is not a visible one. It is the intangible, invisible, and invincible dimensions of God that can produce all these things. So that if you lose your house, your heart won't break. If you lose your job, you won't be depressed. But there are people who can commit suicide because their business collapsed. Because for them, their life is equal to their business. You're near bread. No, do Because the way you are thinking, can't. A juman a a a a a a a a a a a a The way you are thinking is the way you are thinking. It takes a certain conviction to even look into the perfect law of liberty and have the heart to accept what you see of you and say, this is who I am. Not not this. This is who I am. Because it's your own thinking. You are in it. You are a player. So how can you be the coach Seeing how you are playing. You are a player. You are involved. You've already fallen in love with many parts of your life. And God is seeking to change it. And you are the one saying, no, Lord, no, Lord, no, Lord. No, Lord, because you are in love. You are in love with your current job. So God, no, no, God, no. This one, you can't do this. No, no. You are in love with the way you talk. You are in love with the way you think. Your emotions are involved. And that thing you like is like your Isaac. And God says go and sacrifice him. I don't want the way you are thinking. It's too small. But no Lord. I'm okay. Like what's your problem? I'm okay with it. Now listen to this. Jesus said something. That should be the bedrock of our lives. But we are not paying attention to it. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said. A man's life. Does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Oh, hallelujah. How much do you need for your needs to be met? How much do you need for your needs to be met? How much, how much, how much do you need for your needs to be met? You see, when Paul said, I have learned to be abased and to abound. (laughs) It was a revelation of a power. A power beyond being a victim of things. Learning to abase and to abound. Learning it. Meaning, his life is not dependent on little or plenty. His life doesn't depend on that. Why? He has a vision God showed him of his life, and when he was talking to Agrippa, he says, And O oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. That means, The entire life of Paul, after his encounter with Jesus, was engineered in a way to fulfill that vision. So much so that every other thing took second place in the life of Paul. So whether it's plenty or insufficiency, as far as Paul is concerned, I'm never going to be disobedient to the heavenly vision. The courage and the boldness that one must deploy to be able to make similar statements. It's easy when you are reading it and you are confessing it. It's easy. But when it is an experience and you are reassuring yourself that, hey, Bexin, your life does not consist in the abundance of things you possess, you are not going to make the lack of it stop you from being who God wants you to be. You're not going to stop at anything until what God wants out of your life is what your life has produced. Many of us are distracted by our success. So you won't finish the race, not because you are not on the right path, you are satisfied. You're on the right path, but you won't get to the end because you are okay. That's why we are saying that norm, that norm must change. You see, that norm must change. Because in God, God has a big idea for your life. Please say that. Say, God has a big idea for my life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) God has a big idea for your life. God has a big, you may be confused right now. You may not even know what next step to take. But that does not nullify God's big idea for your life. God has a big idea for your life. The test you are willing to pass determines your next class. Many of us will stay in the class we are comfortable in. The test you are willing to pass. So, we we are reviewing the necessity for a change in personal culture. It's necessary. We can't overlook it. You cannot remain the way you are and fulfill all the purpose of God for your life. I don't have to enumerate things that must be adjusted, things that must. You know it, because God is in you. And the Holy Spirit gives you guidance. The Holy Spirit prompts you. The Holy Spirit convicts you. The Holy Spirit directs you and gives you, you know, warnings, signs, nudges, promptings of things that must be revealed in your life. If it was not consequential, if it was not necessary, the Holy Ghost is not petty. If wearing this blue shirt has nothing to do with my destiny, he won't insist that I don't wear it. Holy Spirit is not petty. Anything he's drawing your attention to is obstructing something that concerns God's counsel for your life. The Holy Spirit is not petty. It's not as if he doesn't want you to enjoy life. No. He has given us all things to richly what? Enjoy. Richly enjoy. But that should not be our vision and our focus. As for me, I'm on this life to enjoy you. I'm here to enjoy life. No, enjoyment can be a means. This is not why you are alive. There is a purpose your life must fulfill. There is a vision your life must fulfill. And I'm saying that the way you are now, the way you are thinking now, the choices you are making now must be upgraded if you will be able to enter the different chapters of God for your life because he has a big idea For you. Where you want to end is not where God has ordained for you to end. He has a big idea for you. Huge idea. And maybe for some of us. To be able to function and operate in that. That God has intended for us. We must take on some new skills. It's part of the changing of your personal culture. I heard a man of God say, if God delivered Goliath from the hand of David using a catapult, don't make a doctrine out of that. All I need is a catapult. God is God enough once I have a catapult in my hand. He says, check his next fight. Whether he was using catapult. So maybe the skill that has brought you to where you are can not take you to where God is taking you to. Don't don't fall in love with where you are now. Don't fall in love. Don't fall in love with where you are. You are okay now. It's okay. Now it's okay. Why? Are are we here to kill ourselves? I don't want to kill myself. I don't want to kill myself. (laughs) If you don't kill yourself to change, something will kill you. (laughs) Oh, something will kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Now this is... This is, it's not a laughing matter, but that, uh, honestly, eh, I'm not able, I'm, I've still not said what I want to say to you. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm beating around the bush because <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. We had a meeting with a politician this week. And as we're having the conversation. He's a Christian. And he sees the, the laxity. The apathy. He sees the nonchalant behavior. Is that we, we don't care? We don't care. You are looking for what you are looking for. You are not even looking at the big picture. What's God's master plan for this nation? And what's my role in it? We don't even care. You, as long as you are getting food on your table, the nation can collapse. That's that's not your business. So, we are available, but we are not useful. Your usefulness is tied to your personal culture. It's tied to your personal culture. We are available, but we are not useful. We are not useful. There are many jobs in the land God cannot send you to do it. And all he requires is a human being who has built the necessary capacities for him to use. All he requires is a woman who has built the necessary capacities for him to use. The only reason why we need to address this issue of our personal culture is because that's where we stop. God has way more for you than you. God wants to use your life to do way more than it working for you. But Where you and I will stop is where we stop in the development of our personal culture, which is our norms, our values, our beliefs, our practices, our mindset, the skills we require to be able to do the job God has for us. If that will happen, then our relationship, we're talking about personal culture, our relationship with certain things must improve. Amen. Let me read a scripture. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. 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 Luke. Chapter 8, verse 40. Luke Chapter 8. Verse 40. Jesus. 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 And it came to pass. That when Jesus was returned. The people gladly received him. For they were all waiting for him. Jesus was an alternative in the society. He was an alternative in the society. As we spoke to the politician this week, the the, the importance, the value, and the necessity of what we are doing in Kingdom Expression dawned on me afresh. Look, what we are doing in this room is what Ghana needs. It it dawned on me afresh. He said, I'm afraid. My only fear. He is talking, my only fear. We may not have anybody to hand it over to. I'm not talking politics. I'm talking Christians in spaces who are aware of what God wants in their spaces. It's not there. It's not there. Everybody is going after their own thing. They don't care what God wants. They are not interested in God's agenda. They are not interested in the advancement of the kingdom of God in their spaces. They are not interested. So they will do anything, go anywhere. Nothing matters apart from they getting what they are looking for. And yet he contrasted that with another group of people who are so intentional and deliberate and are positioning themselves. You know, there is a, a study that by 20, what, 50, we may not be a Christian majority. Are you aware? What are you doing about it? The places that that has become a reality, they, they, it's not as if they were not as dogged as we are. If you don't have a strategy, you will be a victim. It's not about, oh, oh hey, I, I, I don't want to. If you don't have a strategy, you will be a victim. You remember the thing we watched? The social dilemma? <laughs> it's says, if you cannot see the product, you are the product. If you are engaged in any and you can't see the product, what is being sold here? Everything is free. Everything, you are the product. Free browsing. Free, you are the product. You are the person they are selling. Your attention is what they are selling. Do you understand that? That means because the owners of the platform can guarantee businesses, corporations, and companies that we have her attention. We have her attention, and we want to sell her attention to you. Pay me these dollars per click, and I will give you her attention. You are the product they are selling. Your attention is a product. It comes across as free to you. It's not free. You are on the trading floor. They've sold your attention. Can you imagine? Jesus returned and the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. Why? He was the alternative. The wisdom alternative. The love alternative. The power alternative the understanding alternative, the knowledge alternative. Jesus was the alternative. And so, don't you think he can shape and influence these people who are are waiting for him? Yes. Yes. Please listen to this. Please listen to this. One influencer is worth more than a hundred messages. So what do you think God wants out of your life? God wants to make you a token of influence so that men and women will be able to find him as they experience you, as they engage you, as they interact with you. Please, we are ending on this. We are ending on this. Becoming a personality of influence and leveraging it for kingdom advance is how you meet the needs of God. Becoming a personality of influence and leveraging it for kingdom advance, that because you are a personality of influence, many lives, many people, many places, communities, cities are opening up For God to rule in their lives. When that happens, that is when you have started meeting the needs of God. I hope you know God has needs. Man is the need of God. Yes, we are his image and likeness. But he has a job to do. And he needed image and likeness to do it. He has expanded his kingdom territory. And he wanted human beings to manage it for him. So, man... It's a need for God when God wants to do something on the earth. Are you meeting the need of God in your office? Are you meeting the need of God in your home? Are you meeting the... It is impossible if you don't work on your personal culture. It's impossible. It's impossible. The changes that have to happen, they must happen. The adjustments that must happen, must happen. Else, you will not be an alternative in the space in which you find yourself. And if you are not an alternative, you are part of the masses. You are part of the average. So what can I improve as it relates to my commitment? My commitment. My commitment to what I'm clear about? How do I improve my commitment to what I am clear about? Pastor, what about if I'm not clear about anything? Let's sort out that clarity. Sort it out. Where are you heading? Where are you heading? What do you want? Where are you going? Who are you? You see, we have given you the broad strokes We've helped you to see that God's purpose for every human being is the same. Dominion over the earth. That one, you have it as a bonus. You understand that. What you must find out is what specific vehicle, what specific assignment, what specific means is God using when it comes to my life to achieve that dominion? That's what you need clarity over. And once you have clarity on that, you must now commit to it. Commit to it. Commit to it. Everybody was waiting for him. The people were waiting for him. Because he was an alternative. You and I must become the best at what we do. Else we will not be the alternative. And when we say this, don't listen to it. Become the best at what you do. Let everything you are doing be like an art. Let's incorporate excellence into our culture. Let's raise our our, our norm. Let's raise it. Let's deepen our values. So that when they pick an intelligent person and they pick you who is a wise man and a wise woman, the difference should be so clear. It's not as if you don't have intelligence. Your intelligence is governed by wisdom. His intelligence can be governed by greed, for example. And he will be greedily very intelligent. The greed becomes the fuel for all the devices. He can scheme and come up with things, brilliant ideas. You remember Ezekiel? The people who think up programs for wickedness. Brilliant ideas to do evil. They can come up with it. They have that intelligence. But when you come on the scene, beyond intelligence... The wisdom of God is governing your decision. And what is that wisdom? It builds. That wisdom empowers. It empowers. So you are seeking to make people better than you met them. Nobody should be working in your team and, 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 and shouldn't, shouldn't be way better because you came into their lives. Make it your, your personal goal. Let your team members be your personal disciples. They may not know. Have a plan for them. Have an agenda for them. Have a, like, know that, you know what, these guys, by the time I'm through with them, they will be working in the purpose of God for their lives. Have a plan for them. This is not easy. So an intelligent employer will come up with a business, pay them their salary, and then we are done. I'm making my money, I've paid you your salary. What becomes of your life is your own headache. No. You are using that business. You are using that position to profit the kingdom. So the human beings who come into contact with you, you have a plan for them. You have an agenda for them. You are going to live before these people in such a way that you are making, you are making dance on the way they are thinking. It's like, ah, this boss knows more than us. But how come he's doing this? How come he's serving us like this? How come he's b- b- reflecting this? How come he's doing this? And then now, your life, as a token of influence, is shaping people. The negative is true of this positive I'm describing. Your children want to be like any of these popular artists and celebrities. They don't know them. They don't know what they believe. In. They don't know what they are after. They don't know whether even what they are seeing is real or not. But there is something about influence that holds sway over the decisions, the desires, and the appetites of men and women. And God wants His children to become personalities of influence. So that people will want to believe what you believe, know what you know, live like you are living, and by that, God can encounter them. If that doesn't happen, you may use God to meet your needs. And that's a, way, a, low, a low way of living. Using God to meet your needs. Then what about the atheist who doesn't believe there is no God and has met his needs? You see how low you have come to If you come to the point where you are using God to meet your needs, the only reason why you are in this is because you are looking for something, and God is the channel that can help you get that. My question to you this morning is what about those who don't believe there is God? How do they meet their needs? Don't they have cars? Don't they have houses? Don't they have wives? Don't they have children? Those who don't believe there is God, don't they have the things you are trying to use God to get? So why are we living? Like what is all this about? There is a higher purpose. There is a higher calling. There is a bigger idea God has about your life. There is something God wants your life to produce that people who come into contact with you. There is no way they will say there is no God. People, this is impossible if I continue to think the way I'm thinking. If I continue believing the way I'm believing. If I continue valuing on the level I'm still valuing them, I've got to go deeper. I've got to allow my values to really have the full sway. If, if, if love is a value, it's got to come forth more powerfully. If patience is a value, it's got to come forth more powerfully. If long suffering is a value, if meekness is a value, if joy is a value, it must come forth more powerfully. I can't pretend to hold them as values and not allow them to shape my life. If faith is a value, if peace is a value, then I'm not going to be a workshop for worry. No, I allow peace to come out of my life. I'll allow it. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that everybody you are working with he's an angel hallelujah someone said many of the people in your life they are some paper for your soul to rob you until all the rough edges comes off so God has intentionally allowed some, some paper for your soul in your life they are the things you want to get rid of For some of us, if we were Jesus and we knew Judas was in our team, we'll fire him long time. You won't allow him to do his sandpaper work so that all your rough edges can be smoothing out. Very few people will do this. Once you wrap me off in the wrong way, you are out of my life. So our lives don't have any shape you've avoided all the difficult patches. You've avoided anything that smells like, looks like, tastes like affliction. You've avoided all of them. Anything that looks like it's squeezing you, no, you don't want it. So your life has no shape. We were in a place. We went to visit some people. We're praying on the table in a restaurant. Just last week. And as we're praying, I saw one lady who's going to fetch her food. Then she'll come back. But she's looking at us. She's looking at us. Then one of the people in this prayer group said, ah, woman, would you, would you mind if we pray for you? He says, no, not at all. So she came to sit by me. And we're praying for her. Praying, praying, praying. And then God opened my eye. We first asked her, what's the challenge? Say her daughter. Oh, daughter or child? Child. I'm not too sure male or female. So, My child, you know, it's like it's a problem. You know, I'm sure she's getting into teenage years or whatever. So the, the, the challenge of managing, you know. And once we were praying, God opened my and I saw that, oh, she's trying to change her child. But God wants her to change rather. This child I think is a trouble he's trying to change you you, you you have something to change not a child. hallelujah if you truly change many things will take care of themselves if you truly, if you truly change many things will take care of themselves all the things you are going to to, uh, to lens to make sure they adjust, they change like this. I don't like it this way, I don't like it. This... If, if you change, most of those things will take care of themselves. Please, hallelujah, 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 yeah. hallelujah. Yeah. This is not the easiest thing to do. The angel told John the revelator. He saw an angel with one leg on on the sea, one leg on the land, holding a little book in his hand. Then a voice came to him and said, take the book in the hand of the angel and eat it. As you eat, we want to help you understand what, what you should be expecting. This thing will be bitter in your belly. But it will be sweet in your mouth. That means any sweet testimony, the process is not sweet. The process is not sweet. Their testimony will be sweet. oh! But if they let you in on the process, you see that they are setting bitter leaves that has been smuggled into many of the things. If you dodge that bitter process, you, you may watch others share their testimony. So we are closing the service. I may not see you again until next week. What will be my influence in your life? If this two hours thing you've met me, from now till next week, Sunday, is how many hours? You can't just go and wash this thing off by what how you live next week. This whole new week. This thing you have heard today can be nonsense. Just because you are spending more time on things that are not reinforcing this thing that you have heard. Whenever you read the Bible, you are looking for ways to live more effectively on the earth. Don't read the Bible to answer questions to win arguments. No. No. Whenever you study the Bible, you are looking for the wisdom of God to help you live more effectively on the earth. That's what you're looking for. And it's it's, it's in there. When you find it, make a commitment to live by it. No matter the cost. Make a commitment to live by it. If you do that, you will see that the Bible becomes a practical book. God becomes very practical in your life. He's not just a being you pray to, but he's involved in the daily choices you are making. God is with you in all the things you're doing. Everything you're doing is there. His strength is there. His wisdom is there. His understanding is there. If you don't do that, then even though you've had something that has warmed your heart... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If you never think about this thing again, you come back, we will do this. thing. so you are always rebooting. You are always rebooting. When will you start operating? When will you start making choices that bring change in the areas you live or, 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 or work? Amen. Amen. Until every Sunday, you know, must be building on the previous. It's not like yesi oberkoa kububuno wakuti other things niyemunhu humbi niyemunhu humbi ebukura wakwajibi wakwajia kwanchere ebukura ode ode supporting nema inti yebisi se no ukudriego inti sunday ose nba yesi fufro za yebaba kokerani umhu adia wabrabwe produce that shouldn't be the story. That shouldn't be the story. Please. That shouldn't be the story. So, if we don't see you again till Sunday, let's see you in the prayer meetings. We pray at 6 a.m. How you are watering that thing. We pray at 9 a.m. Just for 15 minutes. We pray at 12 for 15 minutes. We pray at 6 for 15 minutes. Guaranteed one hour of prayer. So you could not tarry with me for one hour Watch and pray so you do not enter into temptation. That's the temptations that must be avoided. It's not everything you must suffer. There's already a suffering that has been zoned to you. If you add more sufferings, you may not survive. And it is a certain level of prayer that can exclude you from the sufferings that has nothing to do with your destiny. If you don't know it, you will suffer things you shouldn't suffer and suffer what you should suffer. And you won't have enough strength. God's strength is for what you are supposed to suffer. If you waste it on things you shouldn't suffer, you won't have the strength when the suffering that you must suffer comes. Please. 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 Thursdays, CIC. Be there. Be there. We're building. Be there. Your presence is a revelation of your priority be there. If it's important to you, you will come. You will come. It's important. I have to be there, so you will come. We're having conversations on the word of God. We are drilling it deeper. We are pressing it. We are pushing. That thing is forming inside us. And we must be very intentional and aggressive about this because what we have believed has taken us about 30 years, 25 years, 40 years, 45 years, 50 years, whatever your age is. Whatever you currently believe has formed over that period. And it is not one Sunday meeting that will change everything in the way you are thinking. Line upon line, precept on precept, here a little, there a little, the shifts are happening. The changes are happening. You look back after a while and say, wow, what a change, what a shift. That's how we live. Intentionally, deliberately. Then we can be sure that when God opens that door and you sit in that political office, you won't be part of the problem. We can be sure. We don't even have to wait for you to sit in. We've seen the character you have formed. We've seen the new culture you have subscribed to. We know that if this culture remains, you will survive the treachery in that space. No matter how wicked people become, you will survive it. No matter how volatile the economic situation becomes, you will survive it. Because we have examples. We have examples. You are our testimonial. You are the proof of our efforts. If we remove you from here, what have I done with my life all these years? It's who you are becoming. So if you don't become anything, we've wasted life. Yeah. Can you imagine? Hallelujah. I left here 7.10 this morning. 7.10. The last message I sent was 4.10. Now maybe you listen to this and... Oh no, okay, then tell Okay, then I'll tell you. Charlie, in the middle of the I'm gonna... Yeah, the earth is being shed. You are thinking about mutu. <laughs> <laughs> We believe you've been blessed. For further inquiries, contact Kingdom Expression Ministries worldwide on 201 or visit our website www.kindomexpression.org Follow us on social media at Kingdom Expression. You can locate us at South Oyarifa, 300 meters from the Ankunam junction.